Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for staying, thanks for tuning, thanks for downloading, thanks for subscribing. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas today. Can't even wait to introduce you to Billy Footwear. You're going to love this brand. Um, and the story behind it is just amazing. On the podcast today is Billy Price. He is the co-founder of Billy Footwear. Billy, it's so great to have you on the podcast. <laughs> it's a lot well, of Billys. Yes, I appreciate it, man. Thank it's you a, so much for the opportunity. I, I'm so <laughs> glad you're here, man. It was a lot of Billys like in 60 seconds. Um, <laughs> it's great to have you here. I'm so excited to hear your story and learn more about your brand. Um, really cool. I can't wait to unpack that for our audience today. Before we jump into the company, how about share a little bit about your background and how you got to this space seven and a half years ago or so? Give us give us some of your story. Okay. Yeah, no problem. So I'm a Seattle native, uh, born and raised and still live here. And uh, I don't know, I was just very active in the outdoors growing up. And uh, became a mechanical engineer in college, um, which really I'd say the biggest takeaway I got from college was uh, learning how to, I guess, one, drink beer, but two, um, <laughs> you know, uh, being a problem solver, like figuring out things that, uh, you know, things go awry and like figuring out how to, you know, solve that issue. And uh, my background, um, I fell out of a three-story window when I was a teenager. And that was really a defining moment in time where uh, it really just kind of split my life into like there was a chapter from birth up to that point, being a fiercely independent kid, like playing sports and all that. And then from this moment, being paralyzed from the chest down and trying to pick up the pieces to move forward. So that took me down a different route, but uh, that later led to the starting ability footwear. Wow. Okay. So I read that story when I was doing my homework on you and I, I just can't imagine. I mean, do you remember that vividly or like, I, I don't know, like that experience, what was that like yeah so I, I remember parts of it vividly um i don't remember the actual fall itself um the part that my uh, memory starts is waking up screaming for help so what wow. happened was i was a uh, i was living in a fraternity at that time i was in school for about two weeks and uh, i remember i woke up outside looking up at the front door of our house just not able to move and um, i called for help and then when that happened they saw me like out there realizing something was wrong and then uh, we called 911, and then I found myself in an ambulance, and I found myself on an operating table at the, in the emergency room. And that's when I got the news that uh, I had fallen out of a window, I had broke my neck, I broke my back, oh my and I had a spinal cord injury. And then the big one, they dropped the bomb on you, um, saying they'll never walk again. Ugh. So. You know, it's, huh. it's, uh, I mean, I, I know, I don't know that anyone could say they know what anything like that is unless you have lived through that. And, you know, you, uh, I, I, wow. Um, I, did you go through, you know, this is interesting. I didn't really think about this part of the conversation before we got on and hit record, but at that time, did you struggle with what do I do now? Or did your kind of problem solving, immediately kick in and say, you know what, okay, I'm going to do something. Like, like, where were you then? And did you have to kind of progress through that? Does that make sense? It, it does make sense. And great question. So immediately when I, when I got the news that I was paralyzed and what, I mean, I didn't have the tools to process that information to start. And all I could think about was what I used to be able to do. And now looking at myself and like reflecting on that moment in time, just really focusing on the stuff that I could no longer do. 
And in doing so, that just took me to a really dark place. And I'd be feeding myself just really poisonous talk, like it's not worth living if you can't walk. Like that's where I was at. That's where I was at mentally. And uh, But then that problem-solving stuff kind of kicks in. And then plus having like a supporting structure around me with friends and family that were encouraging me and basically, you know, seeing potential in me really before I saw potential in myself. That's when I was able to make that mental change to say like, you know what, I need to be able to let go of what I lost. I need to be able to focus that I'm one, I'm still alive and I can add value in some way, I hope. And uh, then just trying to pick pieces back together and then move forward. So that decision point doesn't all of a sudden make all the problems go away. What it does is it gives you direction. And then basically your potential then becomes dictated by you of how far you can grow. So that's what I did. Wow. Amazing. Um, an amazing story. We could spend probably the entire time just talking through like how you recover from that. Like I, um, and, and so much to learn. Um, mechanical engineer, University of Washington. Um, fast forward a bit, 2015, you are the co-founder of Billy Footwear. And for those that have not checked out billyfootwear.com, you can go there and see all the products. It's really cool um, and very exciting. Uh, where was the idea? Where did this idea come from? Like, What was the genesis of it? And and tell us some of the early days of thinking around this. Sure. So that the the business, the first day of the business, the first concept of the business, it happened at a Christmas party in December of 2011. When I got connected with a longtime friend that I grew up with, his name's Darren Donaldson. Uh, the two of us later became co-founders of what became Billy Footwear. But when we were catching up at a party, like you oftentimes do, uh, you'll see like a, a face you saw quite a while ago. We were just having this casual conversation and uh, just catching up. And he was telling me about a shoe project that he was personally working on, something he challenged himself to go out and learn how to do and to be able to make a go of it. And as he's telling me this, I got really excited because one, I was intrigued by what he was doing. But then I just kind of threw an idea at him. I was like, you know what? I mean, since being in a wheelchair, I figured out how to do a lot of things. I figured out how to drive, I figured out how to go back to school, how to live on my own, um, you know, get a job and uh, all that stuff. But the one thing I hadn't sorted out was being able to put on my own shoes because I didn't have the hand dexterity nor um, have the ability to easily shove my foot into a shoe. So what I said to Darren was like, you know, if we have a shoe with a zipper in it, which goes on the outside and around the toe, which allows the whole shoe, the the top of the shoe to fold over. I bet I could drop my foot in unobstructed and then be able to grab that zipper with the hand dexter that had and then be able to zip that thing up. And I bet if we made that, I could take back that independence. So he was, I don't know, kind of sparked an idea in his head and he made a drawing sent it to the, the people he was working with for his own shoe project. They made a prototype and when he gifted it to me, I tried on that shoe. It worked exactly as we had hoped. And uh, I was able to take back the independence. So I was 36 at that time. Cool. I broke my neck at 18. So literally half a lifetime later, I was doing something that I couldn't do. And that moment in time was so special. That's what, you know, or uh, that's what sprung us into the idea of turning this into a business to be able to try to provide it to the world. And that became Billy Fuller. That's so great. And what's interesting is for those listening, they're like, that is an amazing idea. And it's so cool. You took a, a need and you met that need with something. Um, and you might be thinking, but does it look good? You know, like, is that, and, and you look at the styles here and they're amazing. Like all of the different <laughs> options. I mean, so what did you start with? Was there like in the early days, was it, we're only going to do this one type of shoe? You know what I mean? And then you've grown over time. Talk about that. 
So the first shoe, the prototype, it was just a black sneaker. I mean, it looks like a slip-on sneaker with a wraparound zipper that you can drop your foot in. And uh, it was just, I mean, black is a great place to start. Right. I mean, it was suede. It was just a sure. nice, easy silhouette. But when we actually went into the market, we didn't really know if there was going to be a market for this thing. Yes, the inspiration came from my own story. And like, yes, it was working for me. But we weren't, our, our market wasn't going to be like, if you're a quadriplegic, um, functional level, just like Billy, this is the shoe for you. It's like, okay, yes, like that would be the case, but sure. we're not constraining our market to that. It wasn't like you need to have a disability to qualify yourself to wear the brand. We wanted to take fashion function, smash it together and really be disruptive in the marketplace. So when we started, we uh, started with two kids shoes, two women's shoes and three men's shoes. And because uh, that's, you know, truth be told, that was as far as my own pocketbook could stretch. <laughs> I mean, that's as far as I could dig. And uh, we, we did a Kickstarter campaign and um, just that was our very early days of like marketing sure. to really get some awareness of the brand. And uh, it resonated really well with the market. And then um, the next step was like, okay, but now what's the next step? It's like, okay, right. we need to make this thing right. bigger, right. which is going to cost money. So then we pulled back and just focused on kids because it seemed like that was the lowest hanging fruit. Because now as a parent of a three and a half year old, anything we can do to get that kid out the door faster, right. it makes sense. So interesting. Anyway, it so, was the kids line that got us in Nordstrom and Zappos. And that's wow, where I was going. Amazing. Okay. You fast forwarded through a couple of things we got to, I want to dive into. Um, how'd you figure out where to make this thing? I mean, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs that are trying to solve for like producing a beverage or snack food or having to, they've got a plastic item they're having to source from China, but shoes with zipper, like where do you go to, to make this? How did you figure that out? So the very, very beginning, um, since Darren was working on his own thing, he had a contact to an agent, which had then shopped the project around to various factories overseas. They were the ones that helped us with the original prototype. From that prototype, we got connected to another designer stateside okay. that helped us kind of expand the line, like kind of like a more of a bigger vision of what could be trending with women's shoes, women's fashion, kids' fashion, men's fashion. Um, she had contact with a bunch of factories overseas as well. So we helped, we went through that channel and that actually ended up being a complete and total disaster because oh. the factory was just like <laughs> producing oh garbage, really. I mean, the concept was there, but the, the execution was really poor. So we couldn't, we couldn't hang our hat on their, on their quality, on what they could do. Right. But that train wreck really made us refocus. And then here in the Seattle area, we kind of expanded our network to like going, who do we know that knows shoes? And uh, we met some folks and they ended up being the door openers to people local here that became sourcing partners that got us to the quality factories. Got and it, it wasn't like they got us the deal. What they did was they made the introduction. And then we had to go in and actually sell it and say like, hey, you know, here's the vision. Here's the inspiration behind it. Here's where we think this can go. And they very well, you put your heart on the table and they sure. very well could have said no, but instead they said yes. Got and it. Uh, we started small, went with kids, and then uh, it was off to the races. And how were you selling initially? Was it direct to consumer off your website? And you mentioned, of course, getting into Zappos and Nordstrom, but like early days, was it? D to C or did you get some early retail hits? I think that's a really important question. I'm glad you asked it because I think we did it backwards to the norm. What we did, we started our own website, but we did not set, we didn't have not, we did not have e-commerce on our website. Interesting. What we did was we had those retail partners and all traffic that came to our site to learn about the brand. Okay. We would redirect that traffic directly out to our retail partners because we wanted them to be successful. We knew to build this thing on the 
to be able to start a really strong foundation, we needed to make sure that wholesale footprint was solid before we started like opening up our own channels. Sure. That makes sense. And interesting. So it was almost like a virtual business card or like come learn about the product or marketing versus actual transactions. Um, and early days, like when did you know it was going to go somewhere? It's a, you know, did you make just enough inventory to try it out? Or did you already have kind of built in demand from Kickstarter that you had to meet? So you had some, I'd say some coverage on that early spend on inventory. What'd that look like? So we made just, yeah, it's a good question. So Darren and I, we were still working our day jobs. Like we were working full time while we we're building this thing up. So we did that for about three years. So this was just a straight side hustle. We had no idea right. where it was going to go. <laughs> yeah. um, it was just kind of like a passion project on the side. And then it got to the point where it was just too much for us to be able to do our day jobs and this thing that we cut ties with the day job and then did this all, all the time. So we say we did it full time, but it's really, it's more than that because full time normally is captured about like the eight to five. Right. Well, this was like eight to five and five to midnight and the weekends because <laughs> it was the life of an entrepreneur. But right. to answer your question, like in terms of, you know, uh, you know, how many shoes we would make, that was really predicated by working with the buyers um, of the stores and actually looking at our cash flow and sure. uh, just, you know, trying to get a, a like some sort of comprehension of how far we could stretch ourselves. That's amazing. Um, how did the, you mentioned getting into Nordstrom and Zappos and it was because of your kids line, like how did those conversations start and, and what led you to uh, finding that success? Well, again, it was like being connected to a door opener. Got um, it. We, you know, you know, a guy like uh, just say, Hey, you know, he would, so those, the next person that joined our team, his name is Patrick Foster. He, we call him a shoe dog. He'd been in the shoe industry for many, many years. Shoe dog. And he was actually the guy like growing up in college, like on the ground floor, working the stock rooms, like doing the sit and fit. But right. then he became a sales rep for a number of big brands. So he kind of had an understanding of how some of these channels work. Um, he was the one that kind of brokered these conversations. He was the one that kind of introduced us to these people that uh, could be the bigger door openers. Got and it. oftentimes it wasn't like Patrick got it. It wasn't like Patrick landed these deals. It was just like he made an introduction, made a connection, and then it was up to like us to be able to tell the story. Now, oftentimes what we found was it wasn't like he would introduce somebody and that was the right person. That person would then get excited and introduce us to somebody else. That person would get excited, they would introduce somebody else. And it was that third one down the chain that was really able to make the, like that would, that would be like the action person that could really make stuff work. Sure. So, the power of networking and the power of relationship, really. Totally. And was there a, a, a time that you remember when it went from, hey, this is fun and we're, we're doing pretty well and we're, you know, breaking, not I want to break it even, but, you know, kind of managing the expenses to, okay, this is going somewhere. You know, like this is, this is, we've got real opportunity here. Like, was there ever a time where it just kind of progressed into that? Well, it was, yeah, well, there, I mean, it was definitely a roller coaster for sure. I mean, when we had that, epic disaster like manufacturing that was a punch to the gut which took us way down to go like what are we doing right but then the one where it's like oh my gosh this is going somewhere that happened in i can tell you what happened it happened in september of 2018 and it's because there was a mom in uh, minneapolis she went to the nordstrom at the mall of america yeah and uh, just had a really positive you know transaction and uh, there was the shoes on the shelf and she brought her daughter in there and they worked for her perfectly and she went home and did a Facebook post and said, hey, my daughter has, she wears braces on her feet. It's very challenging for me to get her shoe, her feet into shoes. Here's a brand out there. They work great for her. 
And uh, it was a very authentic, simple post, the type of stuff you'd seen many, many times before. Sure. But for whatever reason, this one just hit. And within <laughs> three days' time, it was shared 280,000 times. Oh, my God. And now God. Lifetime has been shared about 600,000 times. Oh, my times. gosh. And because of that, so many people found out about the brand overnight. And again, this is before this is before we had our own e-commerce. So everyone would be coming to billyfootwear.com right. and they would go out <laughs> to, to the our retail, retail partners. Right. So overnight, everything sold out at Nordstrom. Overnight, oh everything God. sold out at Zappos. <laughs> so it was full hands on deck to be able to try to provide them product right. and upping the orders to the factory to be able to better prepare ourselves for the spring. What a cool problem. Um, and I'm sure you could see like at least the traffic on your site. You know what I mean? Like the spike. Um, did you ever meet the mom and the daughter? Oh, yeah. Most definitely. That's yeah, cool. most definitely. That's really we cool. went out and we did an event at that Nordstrom the following summer. And uh, we got to meet the whole family. That's so cool. And it was actually really cool this, this last couple of years. Um, uh, so the daughter, uh, her brother um, was a... Um, he was, a, he was an advocate for Special Olympics within Minnesota. So he reached out wanting uh, Billy Footwear to be kind of a, a, not even an advocate for Special Olympics in Minnesota, but also do some sort of an event. So we did kind of a philanthropic thing with that team. And it was just, I don't know, it was just really special to be able to know that that family was like a really like a flame in our timeline that really turned Holy. this thing on. And then to be, have this give back thing years later, it was really cool to see that circle back the way so it did. great. It's one of my favorite questions to ask, and I love it when that's <laughs> I get an answer like that. So fun. I mean, like I always say this, like this is what I love about doing this podcast is I get to hear amazing stories like this. Um, ah, so cool. Okay, so um, fast forward a bit. Here you are. Uh, we're middle twenty twenty two. Look, what does what does growth look like, and what are the key things to grow over the next six to twelve months for you guys? So growth has been, ever since we hit those shelves, we're back to school um, in August of 2017. It's been just exponential growth ever since. So it hasn't been a full double, double, double every single year, but it's definitely been like an exponential type hockey curve. Um, right now, we're experiencing massive growth. I mean, we have retail partners around the world. We have retail partners in the domestic in the United States. We have Canada. We have Europe. We have Australia. Um, you know, some in South America. Um, some of our big retail partners, Nordstrom, Zappos, Shields, Von Mar in the Midwest. Target. Um, we just signed up with Coles and DSW awesome. for back to school. I mean, just big, big accounts yeah. like shoe sensation in the the southeast. Um, and just, I'm just very, very excited. We just moved into a 25,000 square foot warehouse. Wow! And uh, just like I don't know, like it's just it makes my head spin. And like, <laughs> and we need to have the dust set a little bit to like really wrap our arms around this thing. But where does the future hold? We just have to get bigger. And I say that. Not because I want to be this really big business. I say that because our business is rooted in trying to add value. We want to make a difference. And uh, our slogan is make a measurable difference in the world one foot at a time. And oh, we can't give what we don't have. So sure. in order for us to add more value as a business, we need to get bigger. And uh, I know there's a huge market out there that needs functional and fashionable footwear. And uh, we just need to get there and you know, provide that. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, lots of great positive reviews. Um, and very good price point, by the way, I think, um, not that I'm an expert, but, uh, if you, you know, look at the industry, it's pretty, very good price point. Um, so I always love to ask our, um, guests, you know, two or three of their biggest lessons learned, uh, especially since in growing the business. And it's, it's awesome. You guys have been at this now for a couple of years. Um, and you know, you've got good retail presence, but I'd love to hear you share some of the biggest lessons learned, uh, for the other entrepreneurs that are listening to our show. Sure. So I would say I'll give you three. 
one of which is a failure. Failure, I mean, obviously we do not want to celebrate failure. Failure is brutal. It's a jagged pill. But I will say that our business would not be where it is without failure because there were so many times where we failed and that failure actually turned into an opportunity. I mean, yes, it knocked us back, but it didn't stop us. And what we found is the opposite of failure, or excuse me, the opposite of success is not necessarily failure. The opposite of success is quitting. Mm. So um, Interesting. there were so many times we failed and we took those lessons from the failure and we paid it forward in the next go and we came out of it stronger than we ever would have. We found so many opportunities that never would have presented themselves had it not been for failure. So lesson one would be don't necessarily shy away from failure. Don't fear failure. Um, embrace failure and try to pick up the lesson to pay it forward for the next go. Um, number two, I would say the power of relationship. Um, the relationship to networking. Um, there's so many folks in general, I say people want to help. And if we give someone an opportunity to be able to help or like say, hey, I got this issue. I've got this problem. Do you know somebody? Oftentimes people are there to be able to help you out. And uh, the power of a strong network because it really is like who you know to be able to like open up these doors for you. They're not going to do it for you. You got to do the work, but to be able to have the right door openers to like build on the shoulders of giants, that's a big one. And then uh, lastly, I would say it's the importance of trying to add value, trying to add value, like put your customer ahead of yourself. And then by doing right for them, they're going to pay that for two other people. They're going to pay that to more people. But just like that, it compounds over and over. And organic growth, which started as zero, all of a sudden becomes something over time. So those wow. are the three big lessons. Man, it's awesome. Um, I don't think there's anything else to say. I mean, what a cool story. So excited for you guys and um, where you're headed. I, like I said, I really love the product. Um, great designs and uh, and like a good price point. Share with our audience uh, where all they can connect with you guys, um, social, by product, et cetera. Yeah, sure thing. So social, uh, we're all at Billy Footwear. That's on um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Boy, there's so many social channels right now, but they're all <laughs> at Billy Footwear. It makes it easy. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We try to keep it easy. And uh, um, website, billyfootwear.com. So that's the mothership. You can definitely buy shoes through billyfootwear.com. But also um, on that site, there is a tab that says store locations. So if you yep. click on store locations, you'll see all of our partner um, retail partners, both domestic and abroad. So yeah. that's the big place to go. So great. Billy Price, so great to have you with us. What an incredible story. Um, you have an interesting life story, too. You know, if you think about it, like I, you already know that. But when you, you know, step back from it, from observer's perspective, it's just so fascinating. And um, thanks for sharing some of that with us today. And look forward to having you back on down the road. To tell more um, of your growth story. Yeah, my sincere pleasure. Thank you very much. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.